Life is back on, sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code the Zone 125 You bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Devontae Adams on the podium yesterday talking how he's been in contact with Odell Beckham Jr. Not a lot, but a little, and kind of making a case for him to come to Green Bay. Also, David Bakhtiari, the left tackle, all pro, back off the PUP list, the PUP list, the physically unable to perform list after tearing his ACL December 31st in the year of 2020. He was back at practice yesterday and cleared. Then, Rowdy, you have this. Zadarius Smith seen on the sidelines, looking like he's getting closer and closer, ready to go. Jair Alexander also seen on the sidelines yesterday, looking like he might be uh, holding out hope that he's ready to go sooner than later. Eric Stokes back at practice. He suffered an injury in warm-ups against the Kansas City Chiefs. And then you also have Kenny Clark, the nose tackle, who suffered a back injury against the Chiefs back at practice. Hope springs eternal for the Green Bay Packers. Look at all this look at all this meat they got coming back, Rhodes. Potentially Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, and to say that they're seven and two on the season and seven and one with Aaron Rodgers playing. I mean the Green Bay Packers are sitting in a real nice spot, especially when you look around the division. Sitting pretty. You have what, Minnesota at three and five, you have Chicago at three and six, and you have Detroit at Ofer. Yeah, yeah, the NFC North pretty good. Psych. Yep. And then you got Rodgers. Uh, earliest he could come back is on Saturday. Head coach Matt Lafleur was out there talking about how uh, you don't really question someone if they're cleared to play. So if Rodgers is cleared to play on Saturday, because I, dude, I saw a couple articles that I wanted to bring up. Oh, and I saw tweets. I saw tweets about people saying even if he's ready by Saturday without being able to practice, yes. he shouldn't play. I. S- we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna cover <laughs> what is this, this today. Freaking high school football. We're gonna talk about this today. I saw some articles from some uh, some big J's. He didn't go to school all week. He yeah. shouldn't be able to play yeah. on Friday night. Oh, he hurt my feelings. He shouldn't play. Uh, we're gonna talk about this. I saw some articles from some uh, some big J's, some journalists that I once you know like their work, and now the things I'm reading coming out of them the past two weeks. It just leaves a sour taste in your mouth, and you got to look at uh, the articles and the tweets that they have, and then well, you know what they've been saying. You're like, what? What happened to your brain? Has it turned to mush? So we'll talk about that coming up today. But starting off with Odell Beckham Jr. Rowdy Devonte Adams on the podium talking about how Odell he's been reaching out. They're not like best buddies, and it hasn't been a lot of talking. But Devonte out there reaching out to uh, the wide receiver. And then if you believe the reports from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, as I do, I don't see why they would make it up, but apparently the Packers have offered Odell Beckham Jr. the veteran minimum, but also offers from the Patriots, New Orleans Saints, and the Seattle Seahawks, or potentially others, are out there. But if you believe the report, then yes, the Packers did offer Odell Beckham Jr., what is that, $500,000? The veteran's minimum. No, the vet minimum for a full season is a little over a million dollars. Is that what it is? So if it, I mean, if it became extrapolated out for roughly half a season, then yeah, it'd be close to five hundred thousand dollars for the rest of the year. Yeah. So Odell, what what would you like to do? Let's see here. Uh, 
Uh, according to the NFL, the Packers are communicating with the Beckham's representatives let them know the deal would be the veteran's minimum, which based on the receiver's seven-plus years in the league would be for $1.075 million. So I guess there you go. Um, a million dollars for Odell Beckham Jr. Head coach Matt LaFleur was uh, wouldn't really comment on it, but wide receiver Devontae Adams was all over it. We'll have audio coming up from him. So, Nelly, um, I saw this tweet, speaking of journalists that are have lost their minds, uh, Mike Florio. What did you what did you know about Mike Florio of Pro Football Talk? Well, well known Rogers hater, and I just think not a huge fan of the Packers just in general. Yeah, and I think his brain has kind of melted a little bit. Uh, Mike Florio had tweeted this out yesterday. He seems to try and dig up stuff that's not there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's perfect for what he does. Green Bay's minimum salary. This is what Florio tweeted up. Green Bay's minimum salary offer to Odell Beckham Jr. is being regarded by some as not a serious attempt to sign him, but as a hollow gesture aimed at creating the impression that they tried. Do you buy that? Well, I'll say this. If there's only three teams that Odell Beckham Jr. is said to be interested at this point, and one happens to be the Saints... Which don't have quarterbacks, don't have quarterbacks, but it is him going back home to Louisiana, where he's from, where he went to school and the Chiefs, where the Chiefs have more problems than I would say the receiving core, even though, I mean, they did lose a couple of receivers. I get it, but they still have the Kelsey's. They still have the Tariq Hill's. Uh, they, they still have some. They still have some players on the offensive side of the football. It's more the line yeah, they got and a lot the of defense. Still. And then the Packers, then obviously the Packers. Who, Devontae Adams, you could argue the best wide receiver in the game, if not, what, he's top two, top three? And of those three teams, none of which are really strapped. Like, all of them are kind of strapped for cash, too. So it's not like he's all of a sudden going to get a $5 million deal from one of those three teams. Yeah. And if it's narrowed down, I'm going to say he's going to be expecting something, something lower in the salary side. I agree. Now, looking at the AFC, now Odell wants to be on a title contender. I'm looking at the AFC West, where the Chiefs reside. The Chiefs are 5-4. and four. That's good for third. Well, the Broncos are 5-4 and four as well. And then the Chargers are number one at 5-3, and three, and the Raiders are second at 5-3. and three. It's a very crowded AFC West division. So the Chiefs certainly could make their way to the playoffs out of said division. I mean, they got Patrick Mahomes. They got all the weapons Rowdy was just talking about. They just have problems on defense and the line. So I could see them getting out of the AFC West. But I don't know, Rowdy. What do you think of the AFC West? Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs, Broncos. Whose division is that? I like Herbert. It's up for grabs. It is up for grabs. I like Herbert and the Chargers, but it's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, all those teams, you can say, oh, these are pros on this team. And then you look at all those teams and say, oh, these are negatives for those teams. There's no clear-cut best team in the FC West this year, especially with the Kansas City Chiefs playing the way they are. Totally. And then you go and look at where the New Orleans Saints reside, the NFC South. The Buccaneers, Tom Brady, all the talent, 6-2. and two. The Saints sitting at 5-3. and three. The Falcons, 500 at 4-4. Four and four. And then the Panthers... And their woes sit at four and five. I'm going to go on a limb and say the Buccaneers come out of the NFC South. I would think so, especially <laughs> with the Saints having quarterback issues. Yeah, and the Saints have Trevor Simeon, who stinks, and Taysom Hill, who I, Taysom Hill's not a quarterback. So there's that. And then you look at a title contender out of the NFC North. 
I don't even have to read the other records of the teams in the NFC North to tell you that the Packers are for sure making the playoffs. They're seven and two. The Vikings are three and five. Three and six. The Bears and Ofer is the Lions. Rowdy of all those three teams, who is the true title contender? Man, the Green Bay Packers. I mean, in my mind, I think there are only four teams in the NFC that are true title contenders right now. It's Green Bay. It's Tampa Bay. It's the Los Angeles Rams, and you'd have to go with the Arizona Cardinals. And then right outside of that would be what, the boys? Yeah, like those are like my top four. Yeah. Then you'd have the Cowboys. Then you'd have the Saints. But I... I, Yeah, everyone else has kind of fallen off right now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Russell Wilson's going to give Seattle a bump. There's no doubt about that. Going from Geno Smith to Russell Wilson, whether he's got a broken finger or not, Mm -hmm. that's going to be a bump. 49ers just can't seem to get on track. No. And get, they can't find good quarterback play. They can't get healthy. They feel like they're kind of fading. And then you look at the AFC. I don't. Is there a clear cut team besides? I guess if you go, but record wise, the Tennessee Titans who are seven and two, the Ravens I guess are six and two, but everyone else is five and three or worse. Like who's a who's a clear cut favorite out of the AFC? Yeah, I mean you look at the AFC East. You thought it was Buffalo, right? They were the ones that were being talked about. Pretty much all year going into it. Oh, Josh Allen, he's going to be an MVP candidate. And they just lost 9-6 to six to the Jaguars. Yeah, they couldn't even score a touchdown. Yeah. And they're 5-3. and three. You still got to have them up there. But, yeah, you look at the uh, AFC South. You had the Titans that were starting to come on. Well, Derrick Henry Derrick breaks Henry. his foot. Yeah. Well, he, and could, he could be back at the end of the year. We'll see, but that's still a long time to play. Obviously, they did win without him, yeah. but that's one game. Yep. It's a long season. Colts have been underwhelming from what, what some people thought they were going to be. Jonathan we already, Taylor yeah, we already talked about the AFC West. There's no clear-cut good team. NFC North, I don't think there's a clear-cut good team. I think the best team in there is Baltimore. So if Odell Beckham Jr. clearly wants to go to a title contender and you look at the teams that are true title contenders, the Tennessee Titans are not in play for Odell Beckham Jr. The Buffalo Bills I haven't heard in play. And then you go to the NFC – it would be the three teams, right? The Saints, they're not a title contender right now. I mean, they're they're a playoff contender, sure. And then you look at the Seattle Seahawks that Odell's linked to. They're three and five. Russ is coming back, though. He'd probably play on Sunday at Lambeau. And then you look at um, the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are the clear-cut. They're the title contender. Well, if you for just Odell. look at the, the supposed list, the list that was leaked out of what his three spots are that he'd like to land, it's New Orleans, it's Kansas City, and it's Green Bay. Well, Green Bay is in the best spot out of all three of those teams, Yep. especially with getting Aaron Rodgers back, getting, I don't know, Jair Alexander, Zadarius Smith, guys that were seen at, at practice, practice for the first time oh, yeah. in weeks. Not to mention that David Bakhtiari is already going to be playing. The line's only going to get better. Yeah, They're in the best spot of the three teams on yeah. his list. And we get some people saying, like, what about the Rams? Well, the Rams aren't in play. Cardinals aren't in play. Well, also on top of the Green Bay is... I believe they have more cap space than New Orleans and Kansas City. Now, I'd have to go double-check that, but I believe they do. So that's another check mark for them. Cross it off the list then. Yeah, so the Packers, I mean, despite Mike Florio, who is a total clown, saying that this is just creating a, a hollow gesture aimed at creating the impression that they tried, I don't I don't buy it. Uh, this is Odell Beckham Jr., a guy who... Uh, definitely, he's got a lot of baggage surrounding him, and you know his dad as well. Look how his time ended in Cleveland. A lot of baggage surrounding this guy. If you're Brian Gutekunst, you throw a little uh, veterans minimum on him, 
and say, hey, this is kind of like a prove it deal. And not only is it a prove it deal for it's a prove it deal for Odell for the entire league. Like if it's a one year rental, he's got to ball out to impress other people to give him more money next year. Yeah. So I just pulled it up here, and according to Spot Track, Green Bay sixteenth in the league for current cap space, six point two million dollars. Kansas City, two point four million dollars, and New Orleans one point five. So they definitely have the money. Yep. They currently have the better team. They're sitting nice and pretty in their division. Out of those three teams on his list, you'd have to say Green Bay would have been the front runner, which makes sense when you had other rumors saying Green Bay Packers front runner to get Odell. Yep. Odell wants to go to Green Bay. Yep. He's number one or they're number one on his list. Yep. 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 Uh, Odell Beckham did say uh, that he was going to take a couple days to think about it. He was going to take all the offers in. Bide his time a little bit and then decide where he wants to go. So I'll have comments coming up from Devontae Adams. He was speaking about it. Uh, Matt LaFleur was not. <laughs> it's funny on the side here at the spot track, it says trending players where a lot of activity are on the on their contracts. Yeah. One is Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> two is Odell Beckham Jr. Really? <laughs> Look at that. Come on, Odell. It's a little cold here for wearing a kilt or a skirt, whatever it is like you prefer, but uh, we can make it work. can make it work. So, Mike Florio, he's just hilarious, dude. This guy has been beside himself this past week and a half about Aaron Rodgers, and we got to bring up some of these other reporters, Rowdy, that are just like, they're saying some of the dumbest stuff I think I've ever heard in my entire Packer fandom. It is just in asinine, the takes and articles and tweets coming from some of these guys. Hey, but speaking of reporters and people that cover the team, we got ourselves Rob Reichel today at 820. Robbie is... uh. I got to pick his brain over this Aaron Rodgers situation because he's a, he's not a fan of Aaron Rodgers. This was even before all of the uh, last week and change. I don't know. Well, Ro- real quick, I'm, yeah. I got these uh, the salary cap and cap space up. The only teams that are real contenders that have more money than the Packers are the Tennessee Titans, mm-hmm. the Baltimore Ravens, and the Chargers. Were the Ravens on a short list for Odell? No. No. They were in the top 10. That's what it was. But they none of these teams that do have more money than the Packers are on the short list. There, there's three, four other teams that have more money than the Packers. The rest of those teams that were in that top 10, all below Green Bay. So it's it's everything's kind of, you're sniffing it out, right, Rowdy? Everything's kind of looking like it'd be the Packers that would make the most there's, sense. Well, yeah, there's a lot of uh, signs that are pointing to Green Bay definitely has the inside track, which is more than just a minimum offer just to say they did it yeah interesting so it's all kind of making sense if the stars aligned which looks like they kind of are you could see odell beckham jr wearing the green and gold and being a hell of a weapon for the packers man could you imagine though if they landed odell beckham back in like 2015 you'd have a top three receiver in the nfl in odell beckham jr and then you had the drop day (laughs) <laughs> drop drop Vante. Drop, yeah, drop, drop Vante. Vante. Yeah, some listeners who used to listen to the show would want to uh, Devontae Adams cut immediately because they called him Drop Vante. Man, how the tides have turned since then. Yeah, now he's the best winner you ever think. And Odell, and Odell Odell's, is the one that's fallen off that he's no like one wants. Exiled. Rowdy and I kind of breaking it down. And you were looking at salary cap, right, Rowdy? Correct. And the salary right. cap that you were looking at. It kind of made like all signs pointing that the Green Bay Packers made the most sense, did it not? Yeah, for a lot of the teams that were on his list of 10 that could be interested, which was more, I guess, 
brought out there by Big J's and other people around the NFL, it makes a lot of sense because the Packers have one of the higher cap spaces available out of those 10 teams. And then when you really narrow it down to the three teams that supposedly Odell Beckham Jr. is interested in, they're by far the highest when it comes to cap space. Yeah. And in the best situation with the best record. With the best quarterback, despite what some big J's want to tell you. Now, when we say big J's, that's the journalist. Actually, I did see some uh, efficiency statistic, actually, that came out. Man, I'd have to go see if I... See if I could find it again, but it was like a for a minimum of was it seven or eight games played? Rogers, Aaron Rodgers, Supremes. number one for efficiency. We're number one. Wow. We're number one. I think I still think we should cancel him and chastise him and throw him uh, exile him. I need to go try and find that tweet. Like they did the old like you know Roman Empire emperors. All right, so uh, looking at this, yeah, go find that tweet, Rowdy. Looking at this here, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Were you guys now, Rowdy's? I think you said this off here yesterday. Were you shocked? This is what Rowdy asked me. Were you shocked that he cleared waivers? Were you shocked, Rowdy? No. RJ? No. I mean, you look at all the stuff he was saying himself or supposedly said. Uh, hey, if you claim me and I don't want to go there. I'm going to be a malcontent. I'm, you're going to end up cutting me anyway. So yeah. let's not no, let's not play games. So Odell, kind of, you believe the report drawn the line in the sand of where he wanted to go and what he was going to do if he didn't go where he wanted to go. And now he's got options. Got to have options, people. Got to have options. And he's got his options. Uh, so Devontae Adams was on the podium yesterday talking about Odell Beckham Jr. and saying that he's been reaching out. In the past, we've heard of players reaching out. Touching me? Touching you? Or I was thinking, reach out and touch Faith. But listen, reach out and touch Odell. So (laughs) who's saying that? So when it comes to Packers reaching out, obviously a good sign, right? We've, uh, in the past, we've had players on the other team reach out, like Marshawn Lynch, who told Aaron Rodgers when Ted Thompson was the GM, tell your boy to come get me. I don't know if Rodgers relayed the message. I would assume he did. And then it never happened. So the fact that we have players reaching out now and uh, Odell Beckham Jr. you know, deciding, that's only a good thing, right, Nels? Like reaching out is only a good thing for these guys. Yeah, and one thing that Brian Gutekunst said right when they hired him is we hope to be in on like every big-name player. It will be in every conversation. Be in the conversation. Well, they're not only in the conversation, it sounds like, but they're one of the top teams that are being mentioned now. Yeah. Didn't now, David no, Stearns also say that? Yeah. I, I don't think he was as vocal and as specific <laughs> as Brian Gutekunst saying, hey, the top free agents, we want to be in I the conversation. Yep. I think David Stearns is more like, um, yeah, we're going to see what we can do. We'll give him the small market, Max. <laughs> but um, let's be realistic. Hey, do you want a, mm. you want a beer named after you? Come over. We can do Come that. On. Like if People if the Brewers yeah. if the Brewers wanted to toss Freddie Freeman fifty million dollars a year, I think he could sign in Milwaukee. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> Is it gonna happen? If, no, no. If the Brewers wanted to, Rowdy. So when you hear Mike Florio, and we're gonna attack some uh, big Jays today. When you hear Mike Florio say Green Bay's minimum salary offer to OBJ is being regarded by some as not a serious attempt to sign him, but as a hollow gesture aimed at creating the impression that they tried. Brian Gutekunst, when he was hired, said he'd be in on every conversation. I can see where he's coming from, but you have to also consider we're already halfway through the season. Yeah. Well, also, we have to remember, he's a free agent. He's taking different offers from different teams. Essentially, this is a bidding war 
if Odell Beckham Jr. wants to turn it into that. And why? what is wrong with Brian Gutekunst going out there, or whoever, the Packers, it's Mike Florio, saying that they offered him a vet minimum? Mm-hmm. What is wrong with him coming out and saying, all right, well, we're 7-2, and two, we're first place in the NFC North, we're clearly one of the top three teams in the NFC, and... Um, yeah, we have Aaron Rodgers getting back. Our team's getting healthy. We're looking for a number two receiver. Here's a vet minimum. We want to come play. You said you wanted to come play for a contender. Yeah. yeah. You said you wanted to play with a yeah. good quarterback. We checked both those boxes. You said that uh, money isn't the biggest deal to you. Okay. Well, here's the thing. All those other teams, what are they going to offer them? Do you think any of those other teams are going to come out and say $5 million rest of the year? Right. Come yeah. on over. Come on over. No, no one's going to be offering that much money. He's already played half a season. He's already shown to have issues with quarterbacks. He's already, I'll say, shown that he has daddy problems. Oh, yeah. There's I mean, no doubt about that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, there's a lot of baggage. No one's going to offer you a ton of money. Worst case scenario, Packers offer him the league minimum, and he goes, well, actually, insert other team over here, offer me $2 million. If you guys can get to 1.8, I'll sign with you. You know yep, what I mean? Yeah. Like, yep, yep. He, you can bargain with him at this point. You don't have to go out there and throw down $5 million to make sure you get him. Mm-hmm. No one else out there is probably throwing down anywhere close to that. No. And looking at this Mike Florio tweet again, even Mike Clemens was dunking on Florio yesterday. Oh. I just saw it. Florio was tweeting out about how this is just a hollow gesture. And uh, sources say this, right? Mike Clemens said, quote, there are some people who think equals two pro football talk bloggers and a janitor. <laughs> Even Mike Clements dunking on Florio. Yeah, I mean, he's one of the most annoying guys in all of uh, media. Not you, Mike. Uh, Florio, the, uh, not Clements. The Saints, and I, I don't know if that's a serious one outside of you know going home. Can't even offer him the vet minimum. Saints currently their cap space is at one point five million dollars. Yeah, so I mean, you really can't offer him. The if vet they minimum. offered him the vet minimum, they'd basically have nothing left. Right. Yeah. The Milwaukee Brewers. Now I know that baseball's over, but the accolades are coming out. Josh Hader, three out of four years now, named the NL Reliever of the Year. And Rowdy, what happened that other year? Yeah, that was actually. Uh, so he won in eighteen. He won it in 19, and then again in 2021. Do you know who won it in 2020? Hmm. I do, but I don't want to steal your thunder. It was Devin Williams. Who's that? The guy that punched the wall. The guy that punched the wall that wasn't on the playoff roster. Oh, how soon we forget. The yeah, setup man, the uh, okay. eighth inning What have you done for me lately? <laughs> but yes, Nothing. A Milwaukee Brewers pitcher has won the NL Reliever of the Year Award four straight years. So, look at that. The Brewers and that bullpen. Yeah, and did you see, so not only did Josh Hader win the award the third time in his career and the third time in four years, he had one of his best career years this last season. Out of all the good years that you've seen from Hader, 18, 19, 20, 21, this was arguably his best year. And when you look at his numbers, his ERA, 1.23, second best in major leagues. His strikeouts, 102 was the best from an NL reliever. His K rate, he struck out 45.5% of the batters he faced. Jesus. That was number one. His OPS against was .421. That makes Jackie Bradley Jr.'s OPS look like a Hall of Famer. 
Yeah. <laughs> and he had a whip of .81, number Oof. one. Oof. Every single category for a reliever, he was number one besides ERA. He was second. Numero uno. Wow. And, oh, by the way, he tied his career best for war at 2.6 games. Yeah, he's a baller, dude. Yeah, and- Josh Hader, 100%. He, his arguably his best season as a professional. Bow down. He was the best reliever in the NL for sure. Bow down to greatness. Where, you think he'll finish somewhere on the the Cy Young Award vote getter list? Probably not. Yeah. No, they already got his. Like, I mean, it depends on how far that. You know, like technically, I think what do they go? They they go out pretty far for those awards. Well, like, I, I, yeah. I think he finished top ten in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. Yeah, like, would I be surprised? Would I be surprised if he finishes in the top ten? No. Would I be surprised if he finished in the top five or six? Oh yeah. 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 I'm not. I'm not saying like because you know they they named the finalists and he's clearly not going to be top three. But yeah, I don't. Right. There's too many other guys. But I mean, is there's got to be somebody out there who'll probably just be throw him a first place vote because they think he's. Well, it is pretty funny (laughs) because when you talk about like these awards and how far out they actually list players for being like, Oh, he was in the MVP race. It's actually kind of funny because they do go out pretty far. Like you wouldn't think of Lorenzo Cain as like a guy that's going to be like a big time MVP candidate, right? Just because he's not going to have some of the numbers. Yep. In 2018, when he had his really good season where he batted 308, hit 10 home runs, had 38 RBIs, was the leadoff guy, 30 stolen bases, arguably should have won a gold glove. Right. He finished seventh in MVP voting. Yeah. No one knows that. No one knows. Really? Yeah, exactly. Seventh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's like, am I surprised if Hader gets top 10? No. No. But that's but also like, is so if you have like a really good season from like a player and he finishes like 12th in MVP voting, you don't even think of him as an MVP candidate. Yeah. So for uh, looking at some more accolades here, uh, coming up, what is it this the manager of the year is coming up next week, and I think the Cy Young is next week. I must say 16th and 17th. That, for some reason, sticks on my mind. Uh, but uh, Hader, among the 16 relief pitchers nominated for that squad, uh, Devin Williams was a second-team selection in 2020. No Brewers position player was nominated for all MLB squads. <laughs> Here's a good example of what I was talking about with like MVP. I'm pretty sure they list like the top 25, top 30 MVP finishers. Yeah. Like, Here's a hilarious example. We know back in the day of like the 2010 Brewers, it was all Ryan Braun. It was all Prince Fielder. You still had Ben Sheets, Giovanni Gallardo. Um, but Corey Hart was always kind of like that secondary good player. Yeah. In 2010, he finished 25th in MVP voting. <laughs> like he had a good season. Like he had a good season. He was an all-star, but really? So yeah. they, here's a, they place out that far. Here's a here's a message right here from our guy Thick Cheddar on Twitch. What's up, Thick Boy? Thick Cheddar goes. He is the best closer, but his postseason success is worse than Will Smith getting jiggy with it. I don't get why people hate on Josh Hader. I think it's because of this. Freddie Freeman with the Brewers in a shift. It's a fly ball to center field. Lorenzo Cain going back at the wall. Freddie Freeman's left the yard. Like I get it that it's happened a couple times, but how many well, times has he just always put him? Yeah, but how many times has he just been flat out filthy and phenomenal? Yeah, like and then they people talk about oh Josh Hader was on the mound in 2019 when uh, the Nats beat him. Yeah, and also it went through Trent Clark's legs. Yeah, 
Like, and he couldn't field the ball. Josh Hader couldn't find the strike zone that time, though. Sorry, I yeah. said Trent Clark. That's, that's, his, okay. that's his former name, isn't it? Yeah, that's Trent Grisham. Sorry. Trent Grisham's legs. Changing names. But, like, okay. And it's like, well, he gave up a home run in another big series, too. It's going to happen. He's not 100% perfect. No. Especially if you watch the pitch. He's the best closer, hands down. Yeah, and if you watch the pitch against Freddie Freeman, in which Freddie Freeman took him deep and obviously won the game. The pitch was a hanger right down the middle, belt high. Freddie yeah. Freeman is a great hitter. Yeah. That's what MVP. great hitters do when you hang a pitch. Sorry, Josh Hader hung one pitch the entire postseason. It's just unfortunate. It just happened to be that one. It's just yeah. unfortunate every time Josh Hader does something bad, it's magnified because it's in the playoffs in the biggest moment. But you want your best players in the biggest moments for them to succeed. It's just unfortunately... And I think you could even say one step further that if they were in that situation and they had a hundred percent healthy roster, they hit the ball. He, he's not on the mound. Yeah, right. it's Devin Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But guess what? You're unavailable when you have a cast on your hand. That is true. Yeah, you can't be punching walls or a plate in your hand. Wasn't didn't he have a plate put in there? I still can't get over that press conference when he was sitting there in the dugout with David <laughs> Stearns. It looked like the 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 little boy who's like his dad is like, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. It's like now go to explain yourself. <laughs> now did here's a. Uh, Go explain yourself. <laughs> now, am I blaming the Brewers' loss on Devin Williams not being available? Yep. No, because oh. I think oh. he, I think he would have actually <laughs> have been used in like one of where they actually needed him. It was like one game. Yeah, just one game. I blame the offense. Yeah, the, the offense just needed to score more than six runs in four games. Or lack yeah. thereof. I mean, the the starting pitching for Milwaukee was really good all year, but uh, when your offense only averaged one and a half runs per game, good luck. That will happen. That will happen. All right, boys. So, um, uh, by the way, yes. next week, Tuesday is manager of the year. Next week, Wednesday is Cy Young. Okay, I knew it was next week. Man, they're just prolonging that Cy Young vote. Yeah. Just give, just <laughs> announce it. It's just already do done. Do it already. It's already done. Yeah, so just is. announce it. All right. Come on, man. Go Somebody on. leak it. Yeah, but they got to they gotta make sure that they hold the news cycle a little bit. That is true. Got to space it out. Our guy Thick Cheddar says again, best players not being their best in the biggest moments, i.e. Christian Yelich, Josh Hader, reasons why we don't have a ring. Oh, dude, I would come at uh, Christian Christian Yelich. Guns blazing. I would come at Christian Yelich in his postseason performance because even in 18 and 19 when he was the MVP and odds-on MVP before the injury, uh, we've seen in his, or even 2020, we've seen in his past with the playoffs, he's really shriveled up into nothing. Yeah. Josh Hader, he's just had a couple bad moments. Still been really good. No one said boo about Hader when he came in and closed game one. This is a, an alarming stat. Our guy Thick Cheddar again, killing it on Twitch. He's saying Josh Hader has more blown saves than saves in four postseason appearances. Small sample size. But it's the playoffs, uh, minimal big game opportunities that he falters. I love Hater. Just wish he was best in the big moments. It is a little annoying. I'm I'm still rolling with Hater. Yeah, I mean you gotta. Well, who, and, else, who else are you gonna roll with? Well, maybe Devin Williams. I I actually <laughs> talked to some people last spring Punching that were wall. that didn't think the Brewers were gonna be very good this year. That were potentially talking about. Trading hater then. Trade him. Well, yeah, now this is what I was going to bring up, Rowdy. We have uh, Ken Rosenthal is uh, out there. One of his big topics in the offseason is, will the Brewers trade Josh Hader this winter? Could you could you make the case that they should or keep him? Or no, there's no way in, in hell you trade away the, the guy who just won three of the last four years, the best reliever in the, in the National League? Man, I mean, you look at Josh Hader, and I know there have been people – that have there have been whispers, whether it be on Twitter, in person, 
whatever the about training Josh Hader. Now he's 27 years old, just turned 27 earlier this month. Mm-hmm. So he's not old. Obviously he's been one. He's been the best reliever in major league baseball three out of the last four years. And I think you could easily say in 2020, you could argue he was a top five guy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like he really fell off in 2020 at all, but you look at his contract Obviously, he's making $4 million this last year. According to Spot Track and Over the Cap, he obviously is in arbitration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're projecting that he'll make about $8 million, which that's still really affordable for the Milwaukee Brewers. For a dominant lefty? For yeah. one of the best relievers in baseball, and that's cheap because yeah. he could probably <laughs> he could make twice, he could make more than twice that. And on top of that, he still has another arbitration year at age 29 in 2023. He doesn't become a free agent until age 30 in 2024. Wow. I think you hold on to him again this year. Hope that you you bring him back to same core roughly mm-hmm. and hoping that you can figure out offensively Christian Yelich can be better. Hopefully you can get more out of Lorenzo Kane and Jackie Bradley Jr. just in general in the outfield. And then you hope that you can continue to get the same success and Luis Arias can have another step. Colton Wong continues to play at an all-star type level. Willie uh, Omar Narvaez swings the bat well for a catcher. Maybe you can figure out first base, whether it's Rowdy Telez all year. Uh, Keston Hira comes back and swings the bat well like it's 2018 again, 2019 again. There's a lot of hope there, though, right, Rowdy? That's what I'm saying. I think you have to keep that together because who knows what are they going to do? Are they going to go out and spend some money to bring in some players? I doubt Doubt that, especially (laughs) with the the first base market being Freddie Freeman, who's most likely going to be locked up by the Braves again. I mean, outside of that, you have Brandon Belt, which he's probably an upgrade from Telez, but I... uh, Yeah. Are you really going to spend that much money? Gurrell, he's getting old. Are you really want to spend that much money? I don't think the money is worth what the upgrade is. And do you want to bring in Anthony Rizzo? He's probably the second best bat on the uh, market behind (sighs) Freddie Freeman. I just don't see them spending that much money. I think they probably roll with Rowdy at first base and hope that Keston here can come back after mom is in remission with cancer. Hopefully he can, he can get himself straight and look more like the 2019 version and at worst be a platoon with uh, Rowdy, righties obviously for Rowdy, lefties for Keston, or even maybe move to corner outfield if Keston here is swinging the bat well with Jackie Bradley Jr. and uh, Lorenzo Cain both rotating just because both are getting a little older, especially Lorenzo Cain. Well, who do you have the most yeah. faith in you know, coming up here? Lorenzo Cain, Christian Yelich, Keston Hira. Like, who, who do you have faith in? Who do I have faith like, in for like, being like the most solid player yeah. of those? Low Kane? That I know what I'm going to get from them? Lorenzo Kane. Yeah. yeah. Who has the highest ceiling of those? Probably Christian Yelich because we've seen the MVP. Who probably has the easiest turnaround to be good again? Probably Yel- Christian uh, Yelich. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I mean, on top of that, look God, at Yelich's been so bad. Your your so whole bad. entire rotation is locked up. Mm-hmm. Woodruff through 2024. Burns through 2024, Lauer through 2024, Hauser through 2024, Peralta through 2025. Those five guys are all set. Yeah. yeah. Now, even your your relief pitching, Hader, he's still up for two more years. Yep. Devin Williams is like under contract for forever. Yeah. I mean, Life. your top guns, 
in that uh, in that bullpen are still young, and they're and still controllable. Window. Right now is your window, right? The only guys that you really lose out of that bullpen are Strickland, who was just on a a one year deal, and Boxberger, who was on a one year deal. Now those guys were really good, but we've seen that uh, David Stearns has been able to grab yeah. these guys that you're like, oh, man, Hunter Strickland hasn't been Hunter Strickland since sixteen. Well, all of a sudden, he turns back the clock. Yeah, he looks great. Brad Boxberger hasn't been Brad Boxberger since 2018. He turns back the clock. Do you really want to send him to a a hitter's park? Yeah. Nope. He somehow finds finds these veterans that are, are, at the time when when they signed him, has-beens. Yeah. They had been good. It had been years. But all of a sudden, they turn it around, and they're good again. Look at um, Phelps. In twenty was that twenty twenty? Yeah, he was good for the Yankees in two thousand fifteen. Oh my God! Five years later, he's good again. Yeah, and they actually got something for him. Right, like well, he right. finds those guys every single year, and he finds like two or three of them. And it's right incredible, now, actually. Right now's the window, right, Rowdy? You have Corbin Burns, you have Brandon Woodruff, you got Freddie Peralta, you have Josh Hader, you have Devin Williams. You have the arms, like you have that big core right there, and you need to get, I guess, offensively better, and that's. You you hope it was like Christian yeah, Yelich, I think, example. I think with the roster they currently have, with the salary cap or not salary cap, the pay, the payroll that they currently have with their salaries, I think this is probably the last year where they could say, "Hey, before we re- really tear down this outfield," because you look at the outfield after next year, we already know that Avisel Garcia gone. Yeah. We already and probably not coming back. No, we know that. Jackie Bradley Jr. will not be back after next season, and he wouldn't have been back this season if it wasn't for a player option. Lorenzo Kane, I think he actually retires after next year. Uh, I mean, he's getting up yeah. there. You can tell that he's just a step slower than what he used to be. And then you just have uh, Christian Yelich. Now, in the minor league system, you do have uh, Garrett Mitchell was your number one pick in 2020 he's, yeah. he's absolutely killing it in double a and then balling. into triple a you have uh sal freelich who was your number one pick who also plays the outfield he was playing really well and i believe made it up to double a okay and and that was a kid that was just drafted last joey June. weimer and then you have yeah. joey weimer a kid that was picked in the fourth round in 2020 balling out that absolutely was crushing it those three guys now weimer is definitely the lowest of the three but you would think that those two guys in the next two years or so might be ready to yeah, be playing yeah, at Rowdy. the big league level. But then outside of that, it's like you only have Christian Yelich under contract at that time. Yeah. And then the infield, though, is pretty set. I mean, Colton Wong's going to be there for the next two years. Um, Omar Nervais is going to be there at least through next year. Yeah. And then you have Adamas, you have Urias, uh, you have Rowdy Telez, you have Keston here. All those guys are going to be there for the long haul. They're yeah. all under arbitration for like the next four or five years. It's basically, I think, uh, with this core of players, this upcoming 2022 season is the last with this real outfield core. Yeah, you're going to be moving on from it. some of those guys, and maybe if they uh, if they believe in Mario Feliciano at catcher, you're going to be moving on from Narvaez and Pena come after next season. I know Pena is a free agent, but I think they do re-sign him to a cheap deal. There it is. Rowdy just going unconscious. Loved it. That was a Brewer breakdown right there, all inspired by Josh Hader. What happened? Three of the last four years winning the NL. But to to come full circle. There's full circle still? I think they do keep Josh Hader this year. I wouldn't be surprised that if uh, they didn't break through 
and really make a postseason run if they tried to trade him and get something for him the following year. Right, there it is. Life is back on sports bettors, and BetUS has your NBA, NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting lines up for their 27th year and live betting on all of it. Log in to BETUS.com or call 800-792-3887. That's 800-79-BETUS. BETUS for 125% bonuses with the promo code THEZONE125. You bet, you win, you get paid. BETUS.com. Rob Reichel! Robbie! What's up, brother? Happy Thursday, my friend. How we doing? Rob, a lot has happened since we talked last week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it wasn't one of those quiet weeks, was it, Evo? No, it, it certainly wasn't. Very polarizing. <laughs> very polarizing week that was, wasn't it, Robbie? Yeah, we need about two hours, I think, to, to, to dissect this. Jeez. Um, we'll, I don't even, we'll do, I don't even know where to begin. Damn, we'll, do our, we'll do our damn just so to get it done 15 or 20. I don't even know where to begin with you, Robbie. Uh, I guess I'm going to go right here. So, uh uh, Aaron Rodgers, obviously the Packers get fined three hundred thousand dollars. Rodgers gets fined fourteen six fifty. So does Alan Lazard for you know not wearing mask and the Halloween party that was. Uh, how is this a distraction for the Green Bay Packers, or is this a distraction that is drummed up by people that are angry online? Yeah, I think it's more part two there. You know, kind of from the you know fake real world that is Twitter. Um, yep. I would say Ebo. Um, I, I, I think it's put to bed very quickly and how, again, a $14,000 fine for guys. Well, I, I shouldn't say guys like Rogers and Lazard, but for Rogers is like, is <laughs> like me asking you for a nickel, uh, Evo. And I would love of, to give you a nickel, Rob. Yeah, no, I, and I'd be happy to give you a couple back, Evo. You can give me a dime, day, so, dime bag. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the Lazard, maybe 14 grand means a little bit more than to the quarterback who's, you know, earnings have, have, have been through the roof in his 17-year career here. But, uh, no, I, you know, I, I, I think it went away quickly for the most part. Evo, you know, that, that investigation, if you really want to call it that, uh, the, the league took care of, of pretty quickly. How, how deep they delved into things, none of us are ever going to know. I know a lot of other teams around the league uh, were really put off and really bothered by the fact that it was, it was such a minor slap on the wrist. Uh, for Green Bay and for Rodgers, who who obviously lied and, and broke the rules, but um, you know, Evo, I, I think because it happened pretty quickly, and and because again, the the, the fines were so minimal um, in house, I I think this was buried and forgotten about extremely quickly. Yeah, I mean, they the Packers in the NFL knew the entire time, right, the whole season, right? Like this is this was nothing new to them, right? It, it, it shouldn't have been. I mean, anybody doing their job, and and, and it, it, put it this way, I mean, the, the, the Packers were lockstep in in terms of knowing what Rodgers was up to and what Rodgers was doing. They just they didn't want to poke the bear. They were just so damn glad the bear came back uh, <laughs> you know, for, the, for, for the start of training camp, Evo. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what's going on in the NFL offices, if, if, how they were sleeping on this through the – you know, through the entire process, because they clearly knew Rogers' vaccination status, and and could see every time he came to a podium, Evo. You know, on on a Wednesday, which is his normal day to talk after games, on a Sunday, um, or or a Thursday, whatever it turned out to be. I mean, it was very clear Rogers wasn't masked up, and and how those guys, and you know, on Park Avenue in New York, uh, again, stuck their head in the sand on this Rogers story is is another mystery, and and maybe it all plays into why. 
you know, the, 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 these fines and this punishment was so minimal, Evo. But, um, you know, everybody over there knew what Rogers was up to, that Rogers was lying, that, you know, that Rogers wasn't following all the rules and the protocol. Um, so, yeah, it, it shouldn't have been a surprise yeah. to anybody whatsoever when any of this went down, Evo. Uh, Rob, so how about we go to on the field? I'm sure you're sick of talking about this as I am. There's so many people out there want to be mad and upset in the fake world that is Twitter, right? Uh, in the real world, though, we saw Jordan Love get his first NFL career start. I a little left to be desired for me now in the third quarter and the end of one drive when you scored a, when Alan Lazard scored right uh, outside of that I didn't know what to think of Jordan Love what's uh, what's Rob Reichel's take on Jordan Love uh, you know I, overall it wasn't great obviously boy you know I'd give him like a D plus I'd say yeah, that's what we did that's uh, what we did too you know somewhere somewhere in that range um, you know if you you know let's start with positives uh, he, he certainly got better as the game went along got more comfortable. Uh, completed nine in a row at one point in time. Certainly seemed in rhythm in that fourth quarter uh, when he led a couple of different drives. One that got deep and he threw the pick to, uh, you know, pick on the on the ball for Devontae where, you know, I thought Devontae potentially could have broke that up, Evo. And then the second one, like you mentioned, uh, you know, where he threw the touchdown to Lazard on the, on the fourth down play, that, 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 that was really well done and orchestrated. I, I think in those couple of series, Evo, the offense looked like it was supposed to look um, and, and there was some things to build on there. It's, you know, it's, it's the first three quarters, you know, I, I'm sure that give a lot of fans and his coaches a reason for pause. You know, he obviously struggled with accuracy. I, I didn't think his awareness at the line of scrimmage was very good in terms of what he went up and saw in terms of, of, of the constant blitz packages that, that Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo was bringing at him through the course of the game, Evo. Um, now, now, Matt LaFleur didn't do him any favors either. Um, it, 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 and LaFleur owned this, and, and that wasn't just a bailout either. That wasn't a coach taking a bullet for a player. I, I really don't think Green Bay prepared very well from an, an entire offensive staff uh, for what they were going to see from a Chiefs blitz package, Evo, and, and they, they did an extremely poor job through the course of that game you know, picking that up. I, I think the Chiefs, Evo, came with, with five or more on 46% of the dropbacks. They came with six or seven on about 20% of those dropbacks. So yeah, the, the, this kid was under a lot of heat and, and a lot of pressure. Um, and it, it's tough for any quarterback to, to function there. Teams don't blitz Rodgers because he's, he's seen everything. He can pick them apart. Yeah. You know, for, for a young, a rookie quarterback like this, in essence, a rookie, um, a kid making his first start, that, that's a lot to handle and a lot to see. So it, it clearly threw him for a loop early on, I, I would say, Evo. But again, as he got more comfortable, I, I, I thought there were some real positives there. You, you can see the arm strength. You, you can see how good his feet are, his ability to get out of some trouble, his, you know, his elusiveness. And, Evo, you know, I, I, hell, I, I, yes. Green Bay's got to try to win the game Sunday, obviously, and, and keep this fight going for, for the number one seed in the, in the postseason. But as a, as, as a, just a, 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 the, the fan part of me, Evo, would love to see this kid play a second game and to see how far he could come from week one to week two. Because take a kid like Justin Fields in Chicago, right? He was, what did he complete? Six passes in that Cleveland game. I think it might have been his, his second start or something like that. And he was just dreadful. He was getting sacked about, about every other play. And then look how far he, he has come in a month. And you watched him on Monday night late in that game. He was balling. apart the Steelers. Um, could Jordan Love make you know that kind of jump over a month? That's what the Packers are going to bank on, Evo. The the, the problem is if, if this is the only evidence we have of him, you know, the the only sample size of, of him playing quarterback 
going into March when they kind of divorce themselves from Aaron Rodgers, uh, the, the fan base is going to be very nervous that, that, that this is all they've seen from, from Jordan Love. Rob Reichel joining us right now from Forbes.com, Conley Media. Rob, uh, re- really quick before I ask you about Odell Beckham Jr., uh, I saw this article, I won't name any names, but the, the headline was, why the Packers would be wise to sit Aaron Rodgers and let Jordan Love play Sunday. If, if Rodgers is cleared to play, which the earliest would be Saturday, would the Packers, quote-unquote, as this person suggests, be wise to sit Rodgers and let Love play? First of all, how much weed did that guy smoke <laughs> before, he, before he wrote that article? Robbie, you know this guy, too. I won't name any names, but you know him. Oh, my He's God. He's one of your brethren. I, I have not seen that story, so I won't even I won't even. So, basically, if Aaron Rodgers is ready, you play Aaron Rodgers, like Nelly and I have suggested last segment. Uh, I mean, I mean, give me give me a break. You're a game back <laughs> of Arizona for the one seed uh, in, in the NFC. You're tied with the Rams. You're fighting Tampa Bay, who to me is still clearly the team to beat inside the conference. I can guarantee you, Evo, at some point in time, the Buccaneers are going to run off about seven in a row because that's, that's the most talented and deep <laughs> roster in football. Evo, Green Bay's only path to me to a Super Bowl in what's a loaded NFC. I didn't even mention Dallas there. Yeah, the boys. Who, get, who, who I still think is you know one of the eight, six or eight best teams in football. Green Bay's only path to the Super Bowl, Evo, is the lockdown home field over the next two months, and then make make Arizona, make the Rams, make Dallas, make Tampa come back through Lambeau. And I still think they'd be an underdog, maybe not to Vegas, but to me, Evo, yeah. uh, against Tampa Bay. Uh, and Rodgers in the NFC, NFC Championship games has been dreadful. Tom Brady's the GOAT, and he's got a better roster. So, I mean, Green Bay's got to find every advantage possible to get through this ridiculously loaded NFC. Jordan Love's time will come. It's going to be 2022 and beyond. If, if, if you're all in here on this last dance, you're going for it right now. And if your Hall of Fame MVP quarterback can play, you put his ass on the field. Yeah. Well, that's, a, that's the craziest story I've ever heard of. It's a no-brainer, Rob. So if you're definitely electing to play Aaron Rodgers, you're not even going to consider uh, switching out two quarterbacks, right? Yeah, because, Robbie, in the presser yesterday to the floor, <laughs> someone asked if there's going to be a quarterback rotation if Rodgers is ready. No, I, I know, and I heard and, and saw that. <laughs> you sound very disappointed that, like that, we did. That, that question, this this isn't you, – you guys know the story. When, you, when, you know, when, when, when you're playing two quarterbacks, you really don't have any. Yeah, Green exactly. Bay has, we know Green Bay has one, right? And, and, and for all his warts and for all his flaws as a human being, and there are plenty, you know, in terms of who Aaron Rodgers is, he's a top 10 or 15 quarterback in the history of this sport. And if he's ready to go Sunday, you put his butt on the field. Uh, ready? Is- no, I was just going to say, so we're not going to be uh, switching in and out quarterbacks. No, no, I don't think so. I uh, know. You know what? Matt LaFleur is a little bit brighter than... How disappointed How disappointed were you, Rob, when you heard that question <laughs> yesterday? <laughs> hey, Robbie, let me ask you, though. Odell Beckham Jr., uh, apparently the, the rumor, the scuttlebutt out there is that the veterans minimum has been offered to Odell Beckham Jr. He's got a lot of uh, suitors. He's going to take some time and a couple days to think about it. Is Odell coming to Green Bay? What do you think? God, Evo, you know, it, 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 it certainly lines up as, as, this play, as Green Bay makes the most sense for him. Um, and, and you kind of look at some of the other options and teams that are discussed, right? Kansas City, which, which has a clear need for a number two wide receiver themselves, Seattle, New Orleans, New England, places like that. But, um, I mean, Evo, it just, 
it just it, it it seems year in and year out when these situations pop up and we have these discussions and is so and so coming to Green Bay? It it so rarely happens. Um, I I do flash back though to '96 and. And I don't know, Evo, you were probably still in diapers, and I'm not even sure Nelly was here. But, uh, you know, that they, they brought in a cat named Andre Risen, who was an absolute stud in this league, but it had all sorts of issues and all sorts of problems with Atlanta and some other places. I, I think Cleveland had even been his last stop as well before, you know, before he wound up coming to Green Bay. And, and Brooks and Freeman, Robert Brooks and Antonio Freeman, both got hurt that year and then. And they signed, uh, after, a, after a Monday night loss in Dallas, Ron Wolf by Tuesday had signed Andre Risen, who had been in three or four Pro Bowls, the ex-great out of Michigan State. And, um, and, and Evo, he, he kind of helped save the offense. And well, then they got Freeman back and got on a roll and went and won the Super Bowl. And it could have that similar effect because, uh, again, I don't think Beckham is near the player he was in the New York Giants, but he, he's going to draw a lot of single coverage in Green Bay because – uh, Adams is Adams would potentially get so still they still get so many of the double teams. I mean, even they, they need another pass catcher desperately since losing Tunyon. Um, you look what Tampa Bay trots out there on a weekly basis, Evo, and you know from a from a wide receiver core and a tight end core, and it absolutely puts Green Bay to shame. I mean, Green Bay to have a legitimate shot to go to the Super Bowl to pass Tampa Bay, even to stay ahead of teams like the Rams and the Cardinals and the Cowboys. Uh, Evo, they need Beckham. They probably need Beckham more than any of these teams I'm talking about yeah. or that we're talking about to, to, to go and win a Super Bowl. I'm a little surprised they only went with the 1.1, the which which is the veterans minimum. And I know they've only got about $4 million of cap room, but I might have given them three and a half of that and just said, you know what, if somebody dies or gets hurt along the way, we'll figure things out. But, um, you know, if, <laughs> if you're Beckham, if you're Beckham, Evo, it, it, does, it, it, it does make some sense. You'd have a chance to make a deep run. You're going to set yourself up extremely well for the next contract. And, and that's what he's got to be thinking here, right? Who's going to pay me in 2022? Forget, you know, there's only seven games, eight games left now in, in 2021 for most of these teams, at least leading into the postseason. What is going to put him back on the map as a legitimate number one or a 1A and, and getting paid big-time money again in 2022? Working with Aaron Rodgers would, would certainly help him in that in that in that department, Evo. All right, Rob. Before I let you go, and well done. Before I let you go, Odell to the to the Packers. Let's go. Before I let you go, Robbie. What happens Sunday? Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, Geno Smith, Jordan Love. What happens, Robbie? Oh no! I mean, it's it, it's Aaron and Russell, and if if it's not, it's going to be a gigantic letdown. I mean, that, that's what it should be. That's what it that's what it needs to be. I mean, the only thing holding Rodgers back now is obviously getting cleared on on Saturday, Evo, if he if he has any lingering symptoms. And the expectation is that he'll be cleared and and he will play. I mean, Russell put out that video, uh, very dramatic video, as you guys I'm sure saw earlier in the week, you know, proclaiming that he's back and and we expect him to be back. Guys, these 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 teams and and these quarterbacks have just had had some um, absolutely epic matchups through the years. Um, it's it, it's a fantastic football game. It's a, it should be a hot ticket if 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 it if it does and it should wind up being Rodgers and Wilson guys. I mean, think about it this way: it's, it's probably the last time they're going to square off in in these particular uniforms. I mean, I guess I guess there's a chance they'll see each other in the playoffs again. But I, I you know I would say the, the odds that that Rodgers is gone after this year are 95 percent from Green Bay, and and there's probably a 50 50 chance Russell's gone from. Seattle. I mean, the next time they could square off, it could be 
I mean, good Lord, it could, it could be a Broncos-Dolphins game or something like that, right? So um, this should be this should be an absolute epic showdown with these with these great quarterbacks. Evo, I don't think Rodgers is going to miss a beat. I think he's going to come back. The offense will be um, the offense will keep rolling. If, if if they were able to survive that game out in the desert in Arizona, uh, they will survive this and then some with, with Rodgers, you know, missing a week of practice. Evo, I I expect this to be a fun one. I'm I'm going to say like. 34 24 Green Bay. Love it, Robbie. Love it, dude. Uh, and all the people canceling Rodgers and the woke mob this past week and a half are going to have a tough time when he goes out there and balls out over the Seahawks, aren't they? They are that. Although I would expect, Evo, you know how the fan base works and the adulation that is, is heaped upon athletes. As soon as he throws that first completion, as soon as he throws that first touchdown, Alls all forgiven. these people that have had their feathers ruffled and you know, have, 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 have gone and cried that their hero didn't get vaccinated, um, are, are, are going to bow down and, and be in seventh heaven again that he's back throwing touchdowns yeah. on the holy grail of Lambeau Field. Robbie, you the man, brother. We love it. Uh, we'll follow you at Rob Reich on Twitter, Conley Media, Forbes.com. You the man, Robbie. All right, guys. You are you are the men of Madison yourself. So uh, uh, give me a great weekend. First, yeah. first you got your Badgers and – and then you got this on Sunday. And it, it should yeah, be a great if you're, if you're down Saturday, I'd love enjoy. to get you a beer. It's going to be cold, so we need an alcohol blanket on. I, I think I think Nebraska is our ticket for Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll save it for we'll that. We'll that. save it we'll for that. We'll talk about that soon. Robbie, we love you. See you, brother. All right, pal. Bye-bye. There he is, Rob Reichel. Something that, uh, especially in the regular season, doesn't really you know blip on our radar a lot, and I think it, it goes for a lot of Wisconsinites. The NBA, specifically, I guess, the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, the Bucks... Yeah, normally, like, the song that I sing... Remember, we talked about Green Day and some of their albums not too long ago, within the last week. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's, the song is Wake Me Up When September Ends. Yeah. Like, Wake uh, Me Up When May Ends. <laughs> yeah, because once the playoffs start, then it gets better, right? Yeah, that's... That, yeah, I guess I'll, I'll wake up from that uh, long slumber once in a while when it's like Christmas Day. Yeah, the big games, like the marquee matchups on national television. And the, and the Bucks played on a lot of them. They played on yeah, Halloween. They play on, yeah, a ton of them. They play on... Too. Is it Thanksgiving? Yep. They play on they got Christmas. Christmas Day. They play on Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Yep. I think they, they play on, I think, almost every holiday... During the winter, except for St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, and when you're good, when you're a good team, you get those matchups. Yeah. you get those games. And the Bucks, obviously, the reigning NBA champions, they are a, obviously a good team. Uh, here's the thing, though, about regular season NBA. Much like the Milwaukee Bucks don't care, a lot of other people teams don't care. Uh, Rowdy, and when I say don't care, I mean in the sense of they're not out there giving it their all. Uh, maybe in the fourth quarter, right? Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks last night needed Pat Connaughton, Planet Pat. To have a season-high 23 points, he's making uh, three late three-pointers to swing a wild second half back in the, the Milwaukee Bucks' favor. The Bucks blew a 24-point lead before then beating the Knicks by 12 in New York last so night. So, le- since we're talking about broad Bucks, let me ask you a question. Broad Bucks, I like that. Are you scared that the Bucks won't make the playoffs no, this year? No. Well, if the playoffs started today, the <laughs> Bucks would be in a one-game playoff with Toronto as the eighth seed. Yeah, they'd be an eight seed. They they're tied, with the tied for eighth. They're five hundred. They're six and six. But if the season ended today, yeah, they'd man. be the eighth seed. Yeah. Uh, looking here. Look at the look at the East, dude. The Washington Wizards are eight and three. They're number one. The Bulls are tied up there with them. The Chicago Bulls actually got a little something-something going. Uh, they got uh, Big Baller brand in the house. 
They got a ball, brother. As the Bulls are eight and three, they got a little different vibe going. The Nets, eight and four without Kyrie Irving. Kyrie, yeah, that's, that's not really a a huge surpriser there, especially with how yeah. good James Harden and uh, Kevin Durant were last year. Even when did Irving see, was down, did you see Harden like beside himself with the new uh, or the less fouls they call now with the shooters? You know how Harden would always like kick yeah. his legs out and. Or just throw the ball up while driving yeah, the lane. And- oh, the NBA is cracking down on that. James Harden is uh, beside himself. But the Nets still are 8-4. and four. Uh, 76ers, who the Bucks just beat the other night, they're 8-4. and four. The Miami Heat and Tyler Hero, remember him, 7-4. and four. The Cavaliers, 7-5. and five. The Knicks, who the Bucks just beat, 7-5. and five. And then the Deer, Milwaukee, 6-6, six and six, uh, the 8. And then all the way, and stop me if you've ever heard this one before, the Detroit Pistons stink. They're last. In the Eastern Conference at two and eight. You go look at the West though. I mean, the Warriors are ten and one, and then you got to go the Lakers, who have all the fanfare, right? You know, LeBron James and all the geriatrics they have there. They're seven and five. They're seventh in the West, and then you got to look at the Pelicans, who got five technical fouls last night. I'm moved to Ooh. one and eleven. They're fifteenth, the last place in the Western Conference. Yeah, and you got to look at uh, you know who's right next to New Orleans, just one slot ahead of them. Houston at one and ten. They're the team that's paying John Wall not to play. Yeah, John Wall just uh, hung it up again, right? Like he's <laughs> yeah, done. He says he doesn't want to trade, but he also just wants his uh, money because through twenty twenty three, he's owed like ninety two million. <laughs> so, Tommy, you've heard this before. He's not going to be playing this season. I haven't thought about John Wall since what 2011, 2012? Yeah, 2013, 2013, somewhere in there. Yeah. So the Bucks, Rowdy, they've obviously Chris Middleton. Out with COVID nineteen. Well, that's the thing. The Bucks are six and six. Yeah, they're technically in eighth place in the East, but I don't think they've been healthy one time this season. in The first twelve games. No, they've. Bobby Portis just came back. Well, um, remember who else the was very, out? The very first game, uh, Brooke Lopez gets hurt. Yep. You had Holiday get hurt. Yep. Those guys have missed a lot of time since. Now I know Holiday's back playing, but I. Don't know if Lopez has come back. Lopez, not on the uh, stat sheet, Rowdy, so he's still uh, nursing his wounds. And then uh, on top of that, though, so those are two main starters from the team that won the NBA championship. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then you have guys like uh, Ojale that wasn't playing early. Rodney Hood hadn't been playing early. Bobby Portis was out. Yeah, Bobby Portis was out. Like, it was... You looked at their bench to start the season after like well, the first was game, and minutes. you were like, wait, what? The Nassus was getting like 10, 12 minutes a game. More. He was yeah, playing 18. like 20. And, and you were looking at some of the names, and you're like, man, I haven't even heard of this guy. Or Oh, that was the draft pick that they took that no one even thought was going to be playing at the <laughs> NBA level this year. Like, this is a team that has been banged up all year so far. Yeah, they're 6-6, six and six, but... I mean, I'm not if you have worried. It's, it's it's like the Aaron Rodgers from like 2010 to 2017 time yeah. where he was just so good and so much better than everyone else and was purely one of the best players in the NFL. You have Giannis. He's still one of the top five players in the NBA right yeah, he had now. An off game last night. He can have an off game here and there, but still over, over an 82 game season, he's still going to put you in the playoffs yeah, oh yeah. and, and put you in a top f- four yeah. seed yeah. pretty much every single year. Yeah, the Greek freak is unless just he that, gets the freak. unless he gets hurt. Knock on wood, he the Bucks are going to be right there, and, and and really, it doesn't matter no. that they started the season six and six. No. Again, wake me up when April or when May ends. Wake Rowdy up 
wake Billy Billy Armstrong up uh, when <laughs> September ends. Wake Rowdy up when May ends. But I mean, that's the thing. How many times last year? Okay, Giannis didn't play the best game. Fifteen points. Still had fifteen boards and eight assists. But that's almost a triple double. How many How many times did he sit out in the last couple of years where he's like, oh, I got some knee soreness, or was it load management? This was a game he just played, but they still basically yeah. he just didn't play well. Yeah, it's you know it's fine. It's you know, regular season NBA. <laughs> Even they, a lot of the teams talk about load management and resting guys and this and that. I feel like half the people, half the league, don't even care. Yeah, but I mean, you and you look at the the roster from last year. Yeah, they lost some players. They had to. It's with salary caps, whether it be hard or soft. They're a thing. You lose players. You can't just retain everybody and pay everybody as much as you want. Yeah. Well, the Bucks. I mean, yeah. Did they lose some key pieces that were, you know, maybe leaders or played a role? Yeah, but. Grayson Allen has been good. Grayson Allen, my friends, 25 points uh, the game against the 76ers, and then he was, uh, what did he have last night? Remember when they signed him to that extension right away this year, and it was like two years worth $20 million? He had 15 points last night, same as Giannis. You remember that, though? Yeah. It was like two years, $20 million, so $10 million a year, and everyone was all up in arms about how they just signed him to an extension, and you know they don't have that much in their, their cap room, and blah, blah, blah. I don't know. The average NBA salary last time I checked, which was like a year or two ago, was eight million dollars. <laughs> if I'm getting Grayson Allen for ten million dollars, and you've seen what he's done, he's for a the nice Bucks, player. It's a hell of a deal. He's a nice player. He's played well for him. A lot of Wisconsinites hate the dude. Now I know Ojale really sucked it up when he first came back and wasn't playing well. But the last couple of games, he's been shooting the ball well. He's a big physical guy that yeah. can guard multiple positions. He's kind of helping take that. Uh, P.J. Tucker role. Yep. Now, he's not exactly P.J. Tucker, but, hey, you couldn't afford P.J. Tucker. Yeah, totally. Yeah, Grayson Allen. A lot of Badger fans can't stomach the idea that they play for uh, the Milwaukee or he plays for the Bucks now. you got to accept that the dude's actually pretty decent. Yeah, Rodney Hood's supposed to be a scorer kind of off the bench. Hasn't really been that healthy this year. Yep. Chris, you already said it. Chris Middleton with COVID. Oh, we got Ben over here shaking his head. I, I, I can't morning, accept ben. him on the Bucks. Why? Can't do it. Just because of the Badgers? I was watching, well, first of all, Coach K's retirement tour is well, just hang overshadowing hang on, everything hang on, else. Hang on one second. But Good I'm watching. Hang on, hang on. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you. The pleasantries first. Okay, okay. continue. Uh, How are you doing? Not great. Why? Because it's raining? I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's a dreary morning. Well, I hope you feel better, you know. Anyways, you hate Grayson Allen because of why? Well, he's the only reason Wisconsin doesn't have a national title. That and Coach K paying the refs. Well, Justice Which, by Winslow. the way, Coach K is on his crazy retirement tour to overshadow everything else in the sport. It's nauseating. Well, it's him every year nauseating, isn't it? I know, but he needed That's to extra make everybody now. know that. Ugh. So you're saying, you're saying no to Grayson Allen? No, he, he's such a good Oh, player. I know why, because he scored the team-high 25 points against 76ers the other night. No, I don't. No, I didn't even care about that. No, he's, well, yeah, no, it's regular he's, season. he's like a great piece for the team. He's... Doing what Dante was supposed to do, but with better shooting. Thanks for bringing up him. He hasn't even yeah, played yet forgot, this year. I forgot, I forgot about, about him. I forgot about Dante DiVincenzo. Thank you, Benjamin. Yeah, and, and he's doing what Dante was supposed to do, but shooting really well. He's so good for the team. I just cannot stomach watching him play. Is it because he kind of looks like a younger Ted Cruz? He he took a national. Championship do you think he kind of looks like Wisconsin. the Zodiac Killer? <laughs> what? Huh? You never heard that? I I didn't hear. <laughs> We're joking.
Green Bay Packers, certainly adding a big-time weapon for Aaron Rodgers wouldn't be bad. The Seahawks, the Patriots, the New Orleans Saints, who tried to trade for him at the trade deadline. Varying degrees of economics here are at play, but it could be a couple days before we have a decision. All right, Ian Rappaport breaking it down to the Packers are going to land Odell Beckham Jr. We welcome in now our own Odell. I don't think he wears a kilt, though. Mike Clemens. What's up, Mike? How are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> How'd you like that intro, Mike? That's fine. Yeah, I can. You know what? I can make a one-headed catch of a micro uh, grabbing a microphone in the end. I, I bet I, you, you're a man of many oh, talents, Mike. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Good morning. How you doing, man? I, I'm okay. Uh, you know, I. Uh, I don't I, mean to throw you off of the kilt thing. I apologize. No, 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 no. The, <laughs> no, the Odell thing. You know, because Bill Michaels yesterday pointed out something I'd forgotten. He goes. You know, I remember when the Packers beat them, the Giants, when he was with the Giants, Ben McAdoo was their coach. He was a former McCarthy assistant, right? Went from, like, tight end coach to offensive coordinator for Tom Con- uh, Coughlin. Then they pushed out Tom and made him the head coach, and he was way in over his head. This is, like, 2016, 2017. But they, they got to the playoffs. They came to Green Bay, and Green Bay, you know, swept them up 38-13. to 13. Odell only had about, uh, I don't know, four catches for 28 yards or something, and then he complained about the cold weather afterwards. Didn't he punch the wall? And then he punched the wall, and I forgot that I somebody, when he left the podium, some, there was some kind of commotion. I go, what's going on? They go, There's, somebody just punched a hole in the wall outside the <laughs> interview room. And I looked at it, and I went and grabbed my phone, and I took a picture of it, and I tweeted it, and it you know kind of went viral. And then all of a sudden... Like the New York papers, they got off the bus, came back inside, <laughs> and the camera crews, ABC7 from New York City, you know, the big market, they're all taking pictures of this hole in the wall. <laughs> oh, hey, if Odell gets signed, he needs to bring some spackling and a uh, taping knife. He's got to fix that hole, okay? Yeah, I mean, his season was over with, so whatever damage he did to his fingers on that one. And this was also the week where they sh- he sh- probably should have been in New Jersey and working on a game plan, but they had a day or two off or something, and you know they took off for a vacation to Miami, and and tweeted the pictures of it, which was you know highly highly criticized at the time. So it's just like, well, how come five years later we still think that this guy's really any different after it not working out with New York, it not working out with Baker Mayfield and. Kevin Sapansky's a pretty, I think that an offensive-minded head coach, pretty sharp results from that guy. You can't get along with that guy. I I don't understand why people would be excited to see this guy coming to Green Bay. He's he's a physical freak. But you ask Devontae Adams, could he share the spotlight? You know, or no? If 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 he's asked if he was a close friend of Odell, because he said that he he met Odell at the combine when yeah. they were rookies. I mean, we're not best friends, but we, we definitely speak. We've been in contact. Um, we talk several times throughout the year, uh, pretty much every year um, since we've both been in the league, uh, came in together. He, he was actually roommates with one of my best friends at the Combine. So that was when I first um, met him was, was at the Combine in, uh, in their room. We're just chilling. Um, so that's where it started and, you know, became pretty good friends, but haven't spent a ton of time together being being separated and not on the same team. So uh, maybe that could change. We'll see. Yeah, it sounds like me thinks they don't really talk too much, Mike. <laughs> uh, you know, it's once or twice a year. They just kind of compare notes as receivers and what's going on on the market and agents and stuff like yeah. that. That's what those guys talk about. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Devontae, 
he, uh, someone called him, you know, well, since you're the alpha guy here in Green Bay, you know, how do you feel about two alphas coming? I mean, Devontae wants to get paid. Yeah. He, he wants to break the bank with this next contract. He's anxious to get as many numbers up as he can and get to a Super Bowl at the same time. So Devontae, but he's, you know, as opposed to Odell Beckham Jr., Devontae's a very centered, uh, very, uh, a great teammate, you know, a, a great team leader. He was asked, so if they brought in OBJ, could you share, you know, the, could you share the spotlight with them? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, I haven't um, been in a situation where two, you know, of the, of the league's, you know, premier guys, you know, obviously it's been a different situation with him over the past few years, but everybody knows what he's still about. So um, I don't think there's a whole lot of doubt as far as what he can do. So um, it'll be different, I'm sure, but it's, you know, I, I'm pretty secure in, in what I bring to this offense and this team. Um, and I know what his mindset is based off what he just came from. He'd be happy to deal with, you know, whatever at this point. I mean, he had one catch, like six yards in his last game. So I can guarantee you we can get him more than that over here. So uh, as long as he's good with two catches, 12 yards, we should be straight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, Devontae's got the jokes up there. Okay, I see it. I see it, Mike. Yeah. And he's got a little drummer on the side doing rim shots. <laughs> yeah, tip your waitress. Tip your, tip your PR intern. Exactly. Do you think so, he, he thought that one of himself, or do you think he worked on it uh, before the podium? Oh no no! I, he, they, those guys are funny, man. They really they do have a great sense of humor. So we had practice that was more of kind of a light workout. Uh, Jordan Love, you know, pretty much running practice. There's Blake Bortles. Do you know that they've never given us Blake Bortles in the auditorium all through the off season and and now back this week? Really? Yeah. Uh, maybe it's because nobody's requested him, but, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> I just find that to be interesting. So uh, Jordan has thrown a lot of touch passes. In practice, I put that up you know, on my Twitter account. People could take a look at that. Uh, the tw- they was doing it with the tight ends, but uh, Dominic Daphne is out right now with a hamstring, and you know they're a little short of tight end. I think they missed Tunyon a lot yeah. in that Chiefs game you know, yeah. for stuff that they would call over the middle. So Matt LaFleur was asked about this because you know, the fines were levied on Tuesday night, $300,000 and fourteen and a half to Lazard and to Aaron Rodgers. And Matt LaFleur said, okay, we all knew. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been saying for the past year, you know, I'm growing my hair for I got a special costume. And it turned out, you know, he spent a year to grow out his hair so for three hours he could look like John Wick, you know, Keanu Reeves at the annual Players Halloween party. Uh, LaFleur was asked, do you think that you should have gone into the players and said, hey, I'm hearing about this party. You guys have talked about it to the press. Uh, you know, don't you think that we could break some guidelines and get fined here? Well, I don't know how much I can control that. So, um, you know, I think if you look around just society right now, if you look around the league, I mean, COVID's going around. And whether, again, vaccinated, unvaccinated, it's it's happening. Um, I have talked to the guys about just trying to, be as responsible as you can. I don't think anybody's going to shut down their their world, their life, but um, just understand what we all have at stake and the ramifications of if somebody does get it and then you get into potentially spreading it to other people and then the close contacts. I know that 
the reality is we have full stadiums. I've got people, family members that are coming in town to the game. Matter of fact, I had a family member that wasn't feeling well, and I told uh, my wife told uh, that person to make sure you go get tested and found out they were sick and they had COVID. So they're not coming to the game. And I think that's just one of the precautions that we all need to take as I'm, I'm talking to everybody involved with our football team as we have people coming in and out of town. Got to keep his head on a swivel, Matt LaFleur, and uh, mm-hmm. everyone else on that, uh, that green and gold team there, eh? Yeah, and so over these two and a half years that Matt LaFleur has been the head coach, you know, he's had Matt Nagy's lunch and he's beat a bunch of other coaches. But then every once in a while, one of these teams comes in, and here's one of these guys that's been in the NFL like 30 years. Now, he beat Vic Fangio. He beat uh, Ron Rivera. But Sean Payton, you know, has been there as long as McCarthy became a head coach, beat him with that Saints game. Um, he just lost to Andy Reid the other day. And now he's going up against another one of these long-term coaches in Pete Carroll who's been to the Super Bowl twice. And so I asked Matt, either in the off season or when you get into a game, you know, is there a is there a thing that other head coaches that have survived the league, you know, like an Andy Reid for twenty or thirty years, the way they manage a game, is that something that that you study uh, when facing a guy like Pete Carroll? You know, Coach Carroll is somebody I have the utmost respect for. Uh, he's been doing it at the highest level, a Super Bowl champion, and so you always respect that. But as far as studying each individual coach, I wouldn't say we necessarily do that. Now, you do more so with some of the coordinators. The guy, who, are, who are the play callers? And then there's so many things that change throughout the course of the year that, yeah, you, you do in the off season. You study different people, whatever it may be. But I, it's hard to prepare. What are we, week 10 now? It's hard to put something together in the off season for that because there's just so many things that you can't anticipate that could potentially happen. I'm just glad Matt LaFleur doesn't chew gum like Pete Carroll, Mike. Right. That too. That, that too. Yeah. That's, I, I could not stomach watching Matt LaFleur on the, on the, you know, on the uh, sidelines if he was chewing gum. Like, like and we Pete all Carroll. had that second grade teacher that said, come on, and spit it out. <laughs> right? Spit it out. Come on. <laughs> so, um, you know, Aaron Rodgers and all the stuff he said on the McAfee show, and now then he's re- backpedaling and you know looking for excuses and all. And now listen, we know what a great quarterback this guy is. That he's a great person. That he's got you know very good relationships with teammates. But that you know he gets very complicated with things and and, and all kinds of things. Like I said, like he spends a year growing out his hair just so he can look like Keanu Reeves for three hours at a costume party, right? That's Aaron. And so I thought this was an interesting time to bring this back. ESPN interviewed former backup quarterbacks to Aaron Rodgers, like Joe Callahan. Remember him? Graham Harrell, Seneca Wallace, Brett Hundley, you know, the draft pick. And this was not done in the last week or two with the COVID controversy or even after, you know, Rodgers didn't report all last spring. This was done a year ago, and I was surprised they didn't get more attention at the time. But I was like, so what's Aaron Rodgers really like away from 1265 Lombardi? Joe Callahan talked about the time he was invited over to Aaron Rodgers' house for a barbecue. My rookie year, he invited us over for a little barbecue at his house, and then midway through the night, he broke out his karaoke microphone, which ranks how well you sing the song. You know, that, that turned from 
you know, just a fun little barbecue to us competing over karaoke. And I would definitely double check the calibration on that microphone because his scores seemed a little too high that day. We need a follow up of what songs they were singing, Mike. I remember this story. It gets even a little crazier, doesn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, and 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 one of the things that Callahan says is that he's like, work. The thing is calibrated, and he said, you know, somehow Aaron was winning all the rounds, like, like he had the settings on the karaoke machine, so he could win all the rounds. Um, you know, it's like bringing a guy over to play Madden or something, and it's, it somehow it's rigged or whatever. Graham Harrell and Seneca Wallace talked about how Aaron Rodgers used to, you know, be at one of those barbecues and look up at the smoke at the contrail of white jets and say, does that cause cancer? We definitely had some conversations that were a little out there. He's always thinking the crazy conspiracies. And so he's like, hey, what do you think all that stuff is flying behind that jet stream? Do you think that, you know, has anything to do with maybe why everybody's getting cancer? That's just kind of his attitude. That's the way he's, you know, wired. You could go from talking about football that to talking about conspiracies, about, you know, who built the pyramids. and You know, there wasn't just one subject that we talked about. Who does he think built the pyramids? You know, I mean, that's an in-house conversation we can't reveal. Aliens, obviously. Yeah, UFOs. Obviously, yeah. I was in Recon in Puerto Rico. Uh, they're big in the chemtrail stuff too. Rogers had vacation there uh, next. They were they're big anti chemtrails, Mike. Rogers would go there. Pass the message along to him, would you? Oh, so maybe that happens when you travel the world in Rincon. And people really have different place. opinions about that stuff. Or Brett Hundley, you know, uh, who was there for quite a while, yes. and they thought maybe he could be a, a backup, or, or I don't know if they thought really he would be a future quarterback, but he was asked. Uh, what is Aaron Rodgers like after the Packers lost the game? Uh, he didn't like losing at all. I really hope Aaron watches this because I think the biggest thing that we had a battle was our body types, especially mine. You know, I like to be very fit, six-pack, you know, looking good, trim. And Aaron, his body body fat percentage was, was through the roof most of the time when I was there. But I think that was the biggest struggle for Aaron. So, like, Aaron now, you know, if you watch this, man, I hope your body percentage fattens down. Well, Aaron Rodgers, a three-time MVP, Brett Hundley described his first start as statistically not great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you remember that? Oh, it's a drop so, of mine. You know, I know most of those guys are out of the league and all that, and I, I don't think they're taking shots. It's it's kind of funny, but it's also true too. It's just it just shows that other side of Aaron that's a little bit out there sometimes, and maybe explains some of the things that happened uh, in the last six months or so. But I have a feeling after this past week. Uh, he's going to be very much more focused and a little bit more to you know the middle of the road and and uh, he's going to he's studying you know he's he's sitting in on the meetings on Zoom and looking at tape of practice uh, uh, to see how the the flow of the plays are and everything and then Matt Lafleur says you know so long as he gets that negative test he can be active on Saturday and he will start on Sunday against Russell Wilson mm-hmm. Russell Wilson making an incredible comeback after having. You know, uh, d- torn a, a tendon in his in his middle finger on his passing hand, and dislocated had a horrible dislocation. He's back 31 days after surgery, and he's going to get his first start after a bye week for Seattle. So, yeah. should be a pretty good game. Well, Mike, you're going to be up there at Lambeau, yeah? 
Absolutely. Well, you enjoy it, man. We'll keep following along. Mike Clemens, NFL, and all your awesome work, Mike, uh, here in the Bill Michael Show, Grant Show, you name it. You're the man, Mike. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Ebo. I see you, buddy. There he is, Mike Clemens.